The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk on High. We've got a little bit of an echo, but I'm going to work through it anyway. Um, the good news is that although the lockdown is 21 days come and gone and we're all stuck in our houses doing what we need to do or not doing what we need to do, as it may please you down the road, but it's a crazy, crazy, crazy time. And technology, thank goodness, has brought enormous benefits, enormous entertainment, enormous communication. But along with all of that, it's brought a number of really sick, big security problems and issues. The report out on the street right now is that there's been a 500% increase in um, phishing, hacking, and all sorts of nefarious cyber activity across the board. A number of companies have found that they've been hacked via their staff working at home because of multiple different routes and staff working at home, unfortunately, have been hacked in their personal capacity, banks, you name it, um, all sorts of breaches because of these sort of things. Now, unfortunately, there's not a lot that that many of us can do about that. Not everybody's got a VPN that's extremely, and a VPN is a virtual private network, which, which creates an encrypted connection between yourself and your, your company. So if you've got servers and equipment sitting at your company offices and you're accessing those remotely from outside of the company's firewall or the out, outside of the company's protective uh, environment, you may, may be at risk of being hacked or fished or changed. And one of those methodologies, and this is something that must be highlighted really right up front now, is emails from unknown parties. Email is still one of the greatest vectors for for hacking and phishing and whatnot. Phishing refers obviously to a much more targeted socially engineered attack. In other words, you get an email from someone that you may know or a name that sounds familiar. John Smith sent you an email about an order that he would like to place with you. Please click on the attachment for detail. And you think, John Smith, I may know this guy and times are tough. I need all the orders I can get. You click on this thing and nothing happens. And you think, oh dear, what's wrong? It doesn't seem to work. So you click on it again. And when you finish clicking on it a few times, what it has done, it has opened up a program silently in the background. It's installed something on your computer. And suddenly the so-called John Smith has access to your computer. And what that access does allows him to trawl through your documents, have a look at your various um Elements of proof of payments get all sorts of information off your computer. Alternatively, it can install something called the keylogger, which, which when you go into your bank, they know where you are and they can actually log each key. So they know your password because you're typing it in. So it sounds horrendous and it actually is. It's not that common, but it can happen. So the first and foremost and most important thing to do, especially in times like this, is do not open emails from people um, that you don't know or that are completely unsolicited, especially if they're offering you free this or uh, a new order or confirmation of payment or something. If it doesn't ring true and it's not something you're expecting, just delete it. If they desperately want to get hold of you, they will mail you again. So 
rather be cautious and miss an opportunity than just take every opportunity that arrives via email and suddenly your computer becomes this wonderful center of intelligence for those that wish to hack either yourself or your company. Now, obviously, even with a VPN, that doesn't help. So that's where people get trapped into feeling safe. Obviously, you know, company-issued computers have got all the necessary endpoint security and everything. Home computers may or may not have all that stuff, though a lot of companies are insisting that if you work from home, you have to install those various platforms and systems. And, you know, and also all your tech guys or essential services, they can come and help if your computer breaks. So don't be shy to ask for help and get people to come online and to help you do everything that you need to do. But obviously, understanding where this is all happening, what is going on, is really critical. So email being the, probably the biggest communication thing, we've discussed the matter of security with um, Zoom and these other platforms. But essentially, there are two key things. Do not open emails you don't know from anybody. Do not open messages, even if they come through teams, from people that you don't know or have never dealt with or make no sense. You know, why would someone ask me for confirmation around a payment? I don't recall expecting any payment, but let me have a look anyway. That's the danger. Don't have a look anyway. Delete it, and if they desperately need to get hold of you, they will. Second of all, update your computer. Absolutely update your computer to the latest security patches that come from any, from Microsoft, from whoever you're using, and update your various packages, your Office package, your um, Teams packages, update your Zoom package. Just become an update person. Update almost every day. These these updates are coming every day, every moment. Um, sometimes they're automatic. Other times they ask you to, and I know a lot of people are really scared when a program says, we need to shut everything down and restart your computer. And you go, oh, no, thank you very much. Right now, err on the side of caution. Update everything all the time. As these flaws become available, they're being patched real time, all the time by the various suppliers. And just stay up to date. And you'll probably find 99.9% of issues will not be an issue. And if in the unlikely event you are hacked, shut down your computer, reach out to the various, either your company or to the various people that are on the emergency service list and get them to come help you fix what you need to do so that you can continue um, moving ahead. And on that note, I think we're going to have to take a quick break for our sponsors. And I'll be back with some more interesting news and some good news about data. And straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. And it's, it's really an important point. Reach out, speak to someone, get someone to give you a call. Uh, being alone, being at home all this time is quite tough. And even with all the technological joys and tools and Netflixes and whatnot, it still can get a little bit much. A real person at the end of the line can make all the difference. So give them a call and uh, see if they can help. Now, what is really interesting, I mean, I've, I've spoken about the, 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 the business of security. It's a key thing. If you're working from home, be extremely aware and hypervigilant around it and always earn the side of caution. But even for varsity students um, and for everybody using data right now, the time has never been better. As, a, as I may have mentioned a while back, most of the um, uh, people on Vumatel and the other fiber providers have doubled your speed for no extra cost, unless you're a Vox 
person on a 200-200, they haven't doubled anything and still charge you the same, but that's a story for another story. But most people have got an upgrade on speeder, and interestingly, um, they will not be capping you no matter what happens over this period. So you can stream away, you can do whatever you need without worrying about using data. So you can watch as many YouTube videos, stream as much Netflix as you like. If you're on a a fiber connection with most of the big fiber providers, you will not have a, you will have faster speeds and you will have um, pretty much uncapped usage. You can stream as much as you want until the end of June for the most part. But what's even more interesting is that most varsities, because a lot of people don't have the luxury of a fiber connection and they're using mobile, most varsities have given their students between 10 and 30 gigs of additional data to use for um, for the use of of online learning. And in addition to that, most of the university's own sites, so on UCT, their primary site, the library website, the Vula student platform, the open cost lecture streaming platform, are zero rated on the mobile ne- mobile network. So you won't even use those 10 gigs of data to connect to the, your student uh, portal because that is zero rated. The same goes for VITS. Um, you can find that a lot of the URLs around VITS have been, they've got a list. You can just actually go online and check it out at vits.ac.za. Uh, you can look for my VITS, zero rated. And you will find there's a ton, many more than I could even begin to speak about. But most of them, all these key websites are zero rated to students, staff, and applicants as long as you log in through the portal. So, the use of data, even on mobile devices, has really become a critical enabler of staying in touch, staying educated. And I think for the most part going forward, we're going to see more and more of this. So whether this uh, is just happening over the period of lockdown and COVID remains to be seen. But I do believe that going forward, part of what the networks agreed with government is that all educational websites will be zero rated. You won't need, you'll just need an active SIM. An active SIM in a device that can receive data, 3G, 4G, hopefully 5G down the road. But all that data will be zero rated. There will be zero cost to utilize those platforms. And I think it's an absolutely brilliant thing. And I hope that we can extend that to even more, not just the universe, not just the universities, not just the schools, but all the colleges, because e-learning is going to become a huge aspect of of what's going on. There's no question that social distancing and the fact that to have two or three hundred students in a in a lecture theater is not going to be possible for the foreseeable future or until a vaccine is broadly uh, deployed and, and applied to the population. So we're going to see some huge changes around education, e-learning, um, online learning, and the fact that already the platforms are in place to make that essentially free for the vast majority of students across all the sectors of the of the the population we already got very high smartphone penetration and those that don't have access to smartphones i think a lot of the universities and schools are making plans to make it available but certainly they can all get you know huddle around one computer um, or one laptop or one tablet and, and get certainly something. So we are seeing big changes in that, that space. But for the rest of us who actually use data, 
there is actually some really good news on that front. There are some surprisingly good big data deals. Now, we're not talking about the sub one gig or the casual data you use when you go shopping or do a little bit of navigation. But interestingly, from all the research that I've done and I've seen globally and locally, the average smartphone is using between 1.5 and 2.5 gigs of data for normal uses per month. It used to be as low as 500 meg up to a gig, but I would say safely, if you do a little bit of uh, gaming, a little bit of YouTube, a bit of mail, lots of WhatsApp, some video calls, um, and just general banking and what, well, banks are zero rated, so that shouldn't really cost you anything. But if you do anything on your smartphone in the normal course of a month, somewhere between one and two gigs worth of data is what you would need. However, if you use your phone for other things like streaming, and lots of other sort of much more data-intensive uses, you're going to need in the region of 10 gigs of data a, a month. And that's where there's been a huge, huge, huge change in pricing at the 10 gig and above. Because the smartphones are, are an excellent uh, Wi-Fi hotspot. They're an excellent source of connecting to to really pretty quick, fast mobile networks. You don't need special dongles. You don't need special little modems and, and add-ons and plugins. You can simply use pretty much any mobile phone that can connect to the 4G network or even the 3G network, even though that's a bit slow. But still, your mobile phone becomes a brilliant tool for this. And if you've got a connection to MTN, Vodacom, Telcom, Celsius, and even Rain, you've got the ability to get access to uh, the internet and whatever else that you need to do. And as I said, the big change, and this is really interesting, and this all kicked off in April as part of the whole data must fall thing that the government pushed so hard. And uh, I predicted a 40% fall. I was wrong. It's bigger than that in some cases, up to 50% in some cases and more. So if you're looking for a 10 gig package, and this is where it really gets interesting, MTN are offering 10 gigs uh, at 139 rand. As, early, as, as recently as January, that's what you would pay for one gig of data. So you can get a, de- a 10 gig data bundle from MTN for 139. Vodacom, who also used to be much more expensive, have dropped their 10 gig bundle down to 149. And they also throw in after hours data of 10 gigs, so you're effectively getting 20. But let's be real, after hours from 11 at night till 5 in the morning, not too many people are out there using up their gigs. Telcom are very, and this is where it gets super interesting. Telcom, Celsius, and Rain, who used to be the price champions, they were the ones that were super cheap and uh, really undercut their their sort of senior brothers, the MTNs and the Vodacoms. Telcom want to charge you 200 rand for 10 gig. That's 50 bucks more and nearly 60 bucks more than Vodacom and nearly 60 bucks more than MTN, and that's significant. Celsius even worse, 320 rand. It's a no-brainer, and the champion. Of, of the, the the cost per gig uh, recently rain are way out of proportion. They want to charge flat 50 rand per gig uh, across the thing. So they would charge you 500 bucks for 10 gig of data. And the downside for them is they're not available everywhere. Um, they're only available in some of the urban areas. And it makes them an absolute no-brainer. Why would you even go with rain for, for data when it's costing you three times more than you'd pay with MTN. And just as an example, um, all the way across the board, if you want 20 gig, Vodacom are doing it 
the best deal, Vodacom and MTN are doing it 199 rand a month, which is a killer deal for 20 gigs of data. Telcom, uh, Telcom 355, Celsius 539 and Rand, don't even talk about it, it'll be a thousand Rand. So Telcom, Celsius and Rand have now become the most expensive data providers in the 20 gig range and that just continues all the way. MTN won 279 for 30 gigs, 299 for 40 gigs, 329 for 50 gigs from Vodacom, that's a great deal. Interestingly, 329 for 50 gigs, where MTN are 399 for the same. But still, I think the point I'm making is that right now you should pop out because these sims are available um, at your emergency supply company shops like Pick and Pay, Woolworths, wherever, um, Discam, all of the various uh, pharmacies. You can probably pick up a Vodacom and an MTN sim and sign up online or load really, really inexpensive data packages um, that beat out anybody else. And up to now, most people have been running around with their, their cell C or telecom sims and using them for what needs to be done. So big changes, big cuts in price, and exceptionally good value. There's no question that the network's a little bit uh, a little bit slammed. There's been some new spectrum that's being offered to the various networks. The wrinkle about spectrum is that you need to adjust and change certain elements of your network in order to take, you know, advantage of the spectrum. Some of it can be done very quickly. A little bit of it can be done very quickly. Most of it will need um, expensive new equipment or expensive new radios or expensive new antenna systems to take advantage of the spectrum. But overall, and it's temporary, apparently within, I think, 90 days of lockdown being re- removed, the spectrum has to be returned. So why would you go and spend hundreds of millions of rands putting in new networks on spectrum you may not land up using again? So MTN and Vodacom and Rain and everyone said they will do their best to utilize some of the spectrum, but it's a bit of a poison chalice. You're going to give them the capacity with Spectrum to increase the capacity of the data networks and improve the voice calls. But at the same time, as soon as things get back to so-called normal, they will then take the Spectrum back and make you wait another six months before they allocate it. I don't think this was particularly well thought out. Spectrum's a problem that I've spoken about, the networks have spoken about, um, and it, it, it actually proves what the networks have been saying. With additional Spectrum, they can increase their capacity, they can drop their prices. Well, the good news is prices have dropped, but the congestion on the networks is definitely meaning that most people are finding that their performance has been a little bit spotty in some places, certainly in the really high-density areas. The networks are struggling a little, and it might actually make sense to have more than one network. So if Photocom is struggling in one area, you might find MTN is better, um, or even Telcom is better in some areas. Rain has been taking huge strain. They're the smallest, newest network, and apparently their speeds have dropped through the floor across the entire network. They say they're getting more spectrum in the bands they can utilize, and that should help relieve some of the congestion. But um, for the moment, Rain, unfortunately, seem to be taking the most strain. Well, they are the smallest. They have the least amount of network towers, and um, they're operating in 4G and 5G bands, which I must say, my Rain 5G seems to be working well, but other people are complaining they're getting nothing. So mobile is a challenge, and if you can stick to fiber or fixed line type access, it definitely will help you enormously. But the prices of mobile have become very, I wouldn't say cheap, but certainly much more reasonable and definitely assist you 
in, in getting connected, staying connected. And especially in these times, the big packages, the 100 gig, um, 200 gig packages, all sub 1000 rand, some substantially so in the six, 700 rand range will allow you to do all the streaming, everything that you need to do within the context of your, your home or your business, um, at prices that are not sort of break the bank. So, Kudos to the networks. Well done. Hopefully they can keep up the good work at keeping everything running. Uh, luckily the power stays on, so we've got no load shedding ways, uh, woes. And um, it's definitely improved things enormously from that point of view. Before I get into uh, my gadget of the week, because obviously my format has changed a little because difficult. It's it's easy to get interviews, but a lot of people are doing sort sort you know. It's, a lot of different things, and, and I've got to weigh up the interview content with the topics that we need to discuss, you know, and, and that are useful to everyone out there. But one big change that's happened, and this was announced yesterday, Amazon Web Services. Now, they're a ma- they are the largest cloud hosting uh, company in the world. And up to until now, anyone who used Amazon Web Services to host their servers, to, to do whatever they needed to do in the cloud, um, had to work through local points of presence, but the data, the servers, and all the the, crun- the heavy crunching was done outside of the country in places um, like, uh, I don't know, the Middle East, Europe, you name it, those where the servers sat. Well, the good news is that for all you uh, IT, tech, IT buffs out there or people who are actually using Amazon Web Services, like some of the companies I work with do, you, the Amazon Web Services have now opened up a cluster, a server cluster in Cape Town. And what that simply means, it's not just one office or one server uh, location. They've opened up a number of server locations. So heaven forbid one of them goes down, the others would switch automatically and you'd feel absolutely no difference to your 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 uptime. But they've opened the Cape Town region cluster, the first in Africa, and it's a huge deal for most companies. One, the latency, the time from the time you hit your, your enter key till the time you get a response on your server will drop exponentially down to 5, 10 milliseconds from 180 to 300 milliseconds. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but 300 milliseconds is the better part of half a second. So when you're typing away and all of a sudden the words are, are lagging, they as the faster you type, suddenly there's a slight lag between them popping up on the screen. That's latency. And that latency is now pretty much taken care of if you move your data to a South African um, a data center. And also from a poppy and from a government point of view, having control of your data in the region in which you're in may well be a, a, a requirement for the average not normally the average business, but certainly any government business, any business dealing with financial information and any, and it's just a lot safer from, from that, from a legal point of view to have your data in the country in which you work. Um, so big deal for, for, um, South Africa. I don't know if it's going to affect the prices, something I haven't found out about, but I'll, we'll check up on that. Probably not, but right now having an Amazon web services cloud 
platform based in South Africa will make a huge difference and open up for them the possibility of doing a lot more business. Microsoft opened theirs early last year and found the same thing. All of a sudden, they could do government business. They could do banking business. They could do a ton of business in South Africa that they couldn't do before. And the global movement to cloud, the global global movement to not having servers um, in your basement or in your premises or anywhere near you is just flying ahead. And the, the this whole work from home, whole remote access, COVID is no question. I know it's impossible to ignore, have a show and not mention COVID about 40 times. But COVID has pushed the realization to most companies that why in heaven's name are we sitting with old servers, massive server clusters, dealing with local and remote issues and VPNing in when you can have everything sitting in the cloud hosted instantly on servers that can scale. So, for example, right now, online shopping has scaled enormously. Um, all the systems and platforms needed for the average person to buy online needed to just, in the space of a week, go from, let's say, 10% to 70% of their turnover. How do you do that when you've got to then run around and, and try to get your own servers up and running if you try hosted locally or on your own server? If it's hosted in the cloud, all you need to do is go into your 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 dashboard, tell them that, you know what, we need three new services, we need 20% more data, we need 50% more storage, boom, 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 type it in, <laughs> obviously add your credit card, and uh, away you go. The next thing, your business is scaled in a way that is at, utterly impossible in the physical data center world. And this is where AWS, Azure, um, and all the big data centers absolutely have a monopoly on this, and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Any company can spin up a server in a matter of minutes. The, uh, everything's pre-installed, Microsoft, uh, what, whatever you need, all there, all ready to run within a couple of hours. And then you simply give the, the access to your customers or to your staff, and away you go, fast and furious. It's, it's really a huge deal. So with the data, costs dropping dramatically with the fact that cloud servers and cloud access and most of these cloud access servers work incredibly well with the various apps and everything that you need to do on mobile devices, <clears throat> you'll find that the whole landscape has changed considerably and expected to control to change even more. What we are going to see is that many companies that had to be physically in one place because that's where the data center sat, that's where your accounting system sat, that's where people could work on the platforms that they needed to in order to do the work. Those rules are gone. The server doesn't sit in your basement anymore. It doesn't sit in any physical location. It's accessible from anywhere in the world, from any device that you would care to connect, um, subject, of course, to all the security measures, etc., etc. But suddenly, Working on heavy data-intensive platforms becomes a no-brainer from anywhere that you are, from home, from overseas, one day when we can travel again. You know, so the whole world has changed with regard to how we are going to do business. And the acceleration, the sharp, hard lockdown globally has changed absolutely everything from that point of view. Just a good example, and then we're going to break for a for a quick um message from our sponsors, but just a perfect example is that all the major banks, FNB, Standard Bank in South Africa, 
are still running all their platforms and all their systems, but essentially they've locked everyone out of their data centers and their main tech centers. People are doing this all from home, from their company laptops, from their desktops, you name it, from their mobile phones. Now imagine if big organizations like that can do it, what is possible for your little company in terms of being agile and getting out there. And on that note, we'll be back straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And now that we've been all clouded and whatnot, I've got a quick live read. Then I'm going on to a, a really interesting gadget. It's a 5G phone from LG, which was delivered to me just prior to the lockdown. And uh, it runs on the, the Vodacom network, which has got some 5G floating about. But we'll talk about that straight after this. The live read really simply says, make a difference during the COVID-19 pandemic with Discam. Your Discam benefit points can now go towards supporting the Independent Solidarity Fund set up by the President. Discam is matching rand for rand all point donations and will kickstart it with an upfront 2 million rands. Monies raised will go towards saving lives and assisting people in need. This is a great initiative. I think you really should participate and, and use those points um, to donate. Donate now by converting your points via the Discam app or website. Together, we are stronger. Together, we can overcome the pandemic, and we will. I mean, there's no question. Discam, pharmacists, who care? So now I'm moving on to my gadget of the week. As I said, 5G is going to be now, again, just quick update on that. 5G has no impact whatsoever on coronavirus. It cannot cook your head. It cannot create any form of uh, anything biological. It is a frequency-based technical solution, and it runs exactly, well, not exactly, but it runs pretty much the same as 4G, 3G, 2G, and 1G have for decades. It has never, ever, there's no scientific evidence anywhere that 5G in the current implemented format, and certainly within the context of South Africa, we don't have a higher millimeter wave and higher than six gig uh, frequencies in this country. We only have sub six, which is in the 3.5, 3.6, some in the 2.3 range, um, and a couple of five gig implementations here and there. But j- basically, 5G as a technology is not higher power, It is not uh, stronger, higher frequencies. None of the nonsense that's floating around on the web, in the YouTube videos, and your mates who are now all of a sudden experts on geology and genealogy and you name it, they're now experts on everything that 5G is going to cause all manner of havoc. It's all complete and utter debunked nonsense. There's no question microwaves can be damaging, but this is not a microwave. This is simply a radio frequency that carries data. What 5G brings is a massively improved efficiency in how data is transmitted, received, and managed across the entire platform, an order of magnitude of greater than 100 over 4G. 4G used certain 
frequencies, use certain algorithms, use certain coding systems that did the job in a particular way. 5G has significantly improved on that in every possible way. You can get more people in the same spectrum. You get higher speeds, again, using less spectrum. You can get faster and less latency. That's the time, as I said, when you're typing and your letters are not instantly appearing on the screen. Less latency across the entire network. And it changes absolutely everything going forward in terms of what you expect from a network. When you're streaming video, doing video conferencing, all that sort of stuff, it will improve dramatically using a system that has much higher capacity, much higher speeds, much lower latency, and just much more efficient across the entire spectrum of of utilization from a mobile and, and broadband point of view. So on that note, uh, it's not an endorsement of 5G, it's just a technical explanation of the facts around 5G. 5G phones are starting to become available, and the first commercial phone selling in South Africa right now is actually last year's 5G phone from LG called the V50 Think. Now, it's available right now from Vodacom at around about 13999 which is very reasonable for a flagship phone, and this was definitely a 2019 flagship phone. The only comment I will make is that the V60 Think has been released. It is available Globally, not in South Africa yet, but it will probably sell for close to 20,000 Rand right now. And the difference between the V50 Think and V60 Think is not that dramatic other than uh, it uses a much more, a much updated Qualcomm uh, chip, which is a little bit better at 5G than the V, than the first generation Qualcomm chip that's in the V50. That being said, I was able very briefly to get connected to the 5G network in the Santon area. And it was pretty spectacular, super fast, um, very low latency. And from the actual usage point of view um, within the context of a mobile phone, I mean, yes, YouTube videos loaded instantly and played instantly. It was pretty spectacular from that point of view. Voice calls were pretty much the same because that actually is not done over 5G. It goes back to either the 3G depending or the 4G uh, LTE network, and we're pretty good. Though, again, I've been having some trouble, and I don't know if it's a matter of uh, what's going on with COVID and what's going on with the networks, but I've been having some trouble with the um, the various networks cutting off and gobbling and doing weird stuff. I think it's just a, a matter of congestion. But this current, the V50 um, phone is a, a really classic uh, uh, phone from from LG. It's got some amazing, amazing features, such as an incredible screen, very well built, long battery life, great cameras. Not, I will say, not up to the the latest cameras from Samsung and from Huawei and from. Um, Apple at this point in time, but again, we're talking about a phone that's almost half the price of those phones. Um, but it has an excellent camera subsystem. It's also got more than enough memory. And I really do, and it's got one standout feature that no phone currently has or does better. It has a high quality audio subsystem with quad decks and some really, and a really, and, and it has a headphone jack. Very important these days. Um, and that quad deck system, even with streamed music from from um, Spotify, my my preferred streaming service is actually Tidal, which is uncompressed. 
But from a streaming point of view and a music point of view, it's unmatched. The V40, the V30, the V60, and all the V-series phones have always had this incredible audio subsystem, which I absolutely love. So that's something to consider. The rest is pretty much vanilla. Android works extremely well. Great, as I said, great quality OLED screen and really decent battery life. I've made some significant calls on it. I've streamed like a demon. It works exceptionally well. So if you want to be right up front, now, caveat is that Vodacom only made, activated a few, few journalist sims for 5G for us to try and play. It's not available generally. Obviously, this COVID thing has put a bit of a crimp in their plans, but expect 5G to be available from Vodacom very shortly. And here's the first phone at a very reasonable price that can take advantage of it. None of the Samsung phones sold in South Africa, none of the Apple phones sold in South Africa at the moment are 5G capable. Um, and expect a proliferation overseas. All of those will be available within the next couple of months. So we're going to see a huge jump in 5G phones, phone availability and networks over the next little while. As I mentioned a long time ago, Rain have been transmitting in 5G for quite a bit, but it's not the same as a mobile network entirely. You don't have roaming. It's fixed 5G to the home using a particular um, device that's supplied by Huawei, and it works extremely well. But this will, the 5G implementation from Vodacom will be equivalent and it was very cool to see a phone in South Africa suddenly pop up the 5G symbol in place of LTE. Um, so I think it's a great job. The, the only drawback for me is that the V50 is a first-generation phone using a first-generation Qualcomm 5G chip. It seems to be a little bit flaky on some things, but overall, great experience, great device, um, nice quality build, you need a, it's very slippery. You need a case. I must tell you, it's glass front and back, smooth and round and very pebbly and it slips off every surface you put it on. So best put a case on it. But other than that, um, I've always been super chuffed with the way that LG phones work. They certainly aren't, uh, sort of the mainstream boys and the pricing is excellent. So have a look at it. It will certainly future proof you if you're going to Stay with a Vodacom network and you're looking for 5G going forward. This might be just the one to get at a price that's very attractive for a device that's not even that old, a couple of months, nine months old, and certainly will last quite a while. On that note, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and then I'll be back with some announcement of another interesting device that's coming. That you're going to be able to get a brand new iPhone under 10,000 rand. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And yeah, interesting. First 5G phone in the country running on the first 5G mobile network in the country. And it's pretty impressive. It's fast. It's fluid. It's a decent quality phone. It does everything you would want from a mobile device. Um, runs full version of Android, unlike some of its competitors from Huawei, which is a real challenge because the, the new P40 is out. And uh, who knows when it'll be available for purchase. And then the question will ask, no matter how hard a uh, dyed-in-the-wool um, fan you are of the Huawei devices, and no matter how good the actual technical aspects of the device, the camera and everything else, can you live without full uh, access to the Android ecosystem through the Google Play Store? So we'll cross that bridge when they finally release it. But what is 
been announced, and if you have a look at the My iStore online portal, um, is a new phone, a new iPhone called the iPhone SE Gen 2. And it's actually a big deal because this is going to be a phone that um, I believe will be a perfect iPhone for all you guys who are keen to upgrade the old 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 um, iPhones across the, the across the band. iPhone 11s and iPhone 10s are brilliant, but they're expensive. They're all pushing in the upper. Even the iPhone XR or the iPhone 11 are expensive, between 15, 13, 15, and 18 grand, depending on your your configuration. And that's a lot of money for a mobile device. They're superb devices in their own right. They do everything that you need. Well, what Apple have done, and it's actually very clever, they've taken essentially the old iPhone 8 um, form factor with a 4.7-inch screen, and they have built in the latest technology internally um, from the point of view of processor, memory, and everything else that goes with it. And they've launched a brand new SE generation. The first SE, which they, they knocked off, they stopped producing in 2017, had a four-inch screen, which is a little bit small in my estimation. But the new iPhone SE has exactly the same look and feel and build quality of the iPhone 8, but it uses exactly the same internal chip as the iPhone 11. So it's super, super, super fast. It comes with all the bells and whistles that you would imagine. It's waterproof. It's got um, uh, wireless charging. It's got an AI-assisted camera, certainly not as good as the iPhone 11 or dual or triple camera systems, but certainly more than good enough. All the reviews that I've read said that this is pretty good in the context of, of um, any mid-range type phone with a decent camera. But it also brings to those of you who've got an aging iPhone, love the ecosystem, don't want to switch to an inexpensive Android device. It gives all those people the option of finding a brilliant new device. It will sell, in my estimation, not finalized, under 8 grand, 7, triple 9 for a 64 gig, 8 triple 9 for a 128 gig, and round about 10 triple 9 for a 256 gig version, which may be a little bit over the top can always store things in the cloud. So if you're looking for a great new iPhone that ticks all the boxes, it's actually got a physical button on it still, and it really looks like it's going to be a killer device with a very fast processor. The new iPhone SE, which should be out sometime in May, um, will be available in South Africa in three colors, gray, gray, silver, and red. So it should be super cool. Anyway, look forward to that because I think when I get one in my hands, I'll give you a full break. But the price and the performance is pretty spectacular. And on that note, I can see my time is up. An hour flies when we're talking tech. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on High FM. Stay safe and stay home.